That's what these practices are for, ultimately. So we can experience the depth of love and peace within us. There's no button to push to make it go away. There's no button to push. It's a question of developing trust in yourself and confidence in yourself and doing some practice regularly. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Ah. Uh-huh. 
Oh, Paula. 
Gopala, Gopala, Devakinandana Gopala. Gopala, Gopala, Devakinandana Gopala. Devakinandana Gopala, Devakinandana Gopala. Devakinandana Gopala, Devakinandana Gopala. Gopala, Gopala, Devakinandana Gopala. Devakinandana Gopala. Maharaj used to love that. It's a chant to the baby Krishna, Gopala. A young baby or young child Krishna. And that baby had all the beauty of the universe. Radiant. And he was known as the butter thief. He used to love butter, and whenever his mother left a tub of butter around, he would grab it and start eating. And there's bhajans and songs written about all the leelas, the play of Krishna. And one of the these leelas is this, that he stole the butter, and his mother would say, and he'd say, Ma, I didn't steal the butter. And there's songs written about that. Ma, mene makna nakayo. I didn't eat the butter. <laughs> and people revel in this and take incredible bliss from recounting the, the leelas or the playfulness of, uh, of baby Krishna. <clears throat> and Maharaji loved that very much. Okay. Let's do some questions and stuff. Where are we? Here we are. Okay. Uh, hello, I'm very excited about tonight's satsang, and I really want to ask a question. What is a guru? Is it always a fully realized being? How will I know if I encounter one? Do you know of any embodied guru now? I know when the student is ready, the teacher will come, but how will I recognize her or him? Okay. One, at, one question at a time. Yes, a real guru is a fully enlightened being. Only someone who is enlightened can, can lead you to the same place. Only someone who's gone to the other shore can bring you there. That's a sadguru. However, there can be many teachers on the path too that help you incredibly. 
and they themselves don't have to be fully enlightened. But you know what? I don't care. If I feel someone's going to help me get out of my shit, I'm going for it. And that's what you should do. And don't wait around for somebody to come and touch you on the head. It usually doesn't work like that. Uh, in fact, it almost never works like that. And as far as embodies groove now, how would I know? I can't find my way from the bathroom to the bedroom sometimes. So don't, don't ask me questions like that. And how will you recognize him and her? When him and him or her wants you to. Meanwhile, do your practices, calm your mind, open your heart, become a good human being. You don't have to wait for anything or anyone. The real guru is not in a body. The real guru inhabits a body sometimes for our sake. But the real guru lives in you as your own true soul, as your own true self. So, good luck. <clears throat> okay, so now the, the question about last weekend, I did a, uh, I participated in an event that was to honor, was as far as I was concerned, was the Indian community in America honoring the people who had died in 9-11. Okay? That's as much as I knew. The Indian community in America honoring 9-11. That sounded fine to me. And I was invited by a woman that I know very well, who is a disciple of a guru, a great saint that I knew in India. That's all I knew. So it now turns out that this guru, that this group of people... Uh, is known to be pro-Hindu and all kinds of things they say about them. I never heard about this. If I had heard about this beforehand, who knows what I would have done. But I didn't. I just responded to my friend asking me to join in honor of the people of 9-11. So that's as much as I knew. But I want to say one more thing. My job in life is to chant and share the chanting practice with whoever wants to chant with me. I don't know if you can appreciate that. I feel that I am distributing my guru's prasad, my, my guru's love and blessings to anyone who comes. And he gave his love and blessings to anyone and everyone. So I consider that to be my job. So if I don't offer that prasad to people who... I, I offer that prasad equally to everybody as best I can. I don't feel it's my job to judge... to be a judge of other people. And yes, I know a lot of people do a lot of terrible things that nobody, nobody would ever approve of. So should I not sing with those people? Aren't those people, don't they need help too? Don't they need to hear the name? Won't the practice that I share with them give a possibility of them cleaning up their game, cleaning up their act and doing the right thing? Won't that create uh, possible possibilities for those people who are, have been doing things that have been hurtful? And as, as the man said, let he who has not sinned 
throw the first stone. Okay? It's really easy to judge other people and be angry about what we see them doing. And it's very easy to overlook all the shit that we've done in our own lives. So if you want to judge me for doing those things, that's fine. You can do that. I'm sorry, but what can I do? I feel my job and my seva, which is the serving of Maharaji, is to distribute his prasad as it's given to me, which is the name, the chanting practice. So I try to do that wherever I'm asked. That is not a tacit approval of people's behavior. Like Ramdas used to always talk about the difference between the role and the soul. You might not like the role and you might not approve of the role, but the soul underneath that role is the same as your own soul, which is the same as God. Now, of, co- of course, I don't have that kind of realization. And I, but someday, you know, who knows, maybe in a million lifetimes I will. But in the meantime, I'm like the guy in the temple who hands out the prasad to people who come. You give it out regardless of whether they're rich people, poor people, good people, bad people. Maharaji's prasad is distributed to all. So I, I, I'm sorry if some people don't like that. Um, I'm just doing the best I can. Maybe it'll turn out that I shouldn't do that and my mind will change. I don't know. That's the best I can do. And uh, if that makes means that you don't want to chant with, you anymore, with me anymore, what can I do? I'm a distributor of my guru's prasad. And I want to distribute that to all and everyone who wants it. So I was asked to chant in honor of the 9-11, the people who died in 9-11. So I thought, well, that's a great thing. I didn't know anything about the group, and I still don't know anything about the group firsthand. So I'm just saying what I say. So I hope you'll all be compassionate and not be too hard on me, but that's the deal as far as I can see it. Reaching out for support from others whilst on this path feels really messy and like attachment in disguise. How do you know the difference? You know, I'm not really sure what you're talking about here. Um, How do you know the difference between attachment and what something else? You know, one time I was with one of Maharaji's great old devotees, Dada. And he was so incredible and so close with Maharaji. So, I guess I was giving him a little bit too much respect for his own (laughs) comfort. We were walking down the hall in his house and he stopped and he grabbed my arm and said, Krishna Das, he said, I may be a step or two ahead of you and you may be a step or two of other people. He said, but we're all on this shore. 
meaning we're all on this side of enlightenment. We're all in this world together, the world of samsara, the world of, of suffering and relativity and subjectivity. We're all on this shore. Only he has gone beyond, meaning Maharaji. So that being said, even your spiritual practice is full of ego. You want to be this, you want to be that, you want to be free of this, you want to be free. That's all ego. That's okay. Eventually, through the doing of the practices, that sense of ego-ness, the sense of me, thins out. But practice is the key. You can't sit around and think about shit. You can't think yourself out of a prison that is absolutely, completely made of nothing but your own thoughts. Our own thoughts. Okay? It's all... It's all stuff on the shore. So, we have to do the best we can and learn to quiet ourselves down regularly, every day. Slow down, give yourself a break. And try to become a good human being that cares for your other people and your own self. Same answer for this question. Do you think there's a spiritual practice that will help me lose myself in love? Like Maharaja said, hello, <laughs> what do you think we're doing here? That's what this is all about. All practice is about that. When we see our true nature, it is love. And that's what Jesus experienced, reality. He immersed his, he, he lost him, his separate self in the ocean of love. That's what, that's what that is. There's no more questions. Huh? This is the last question. So what did Maharaji mean when he said that attachment goes both ways? That's an interesting thing. I can't say what he meant. I'm not him. There's no way I could know what he meant. But I think we were sitting around with him and somebody said, Oh, Maharaji, we get so attached to you. When, we run away, when you run away from us, <clears throat> it, you know, it, it, it hurts. We miss you. And he said, he said, attachment grows both ways, which, I, which is very interesting. The implication is that the attraction that we have for him. You know, one time he asked one of the women there, he said to her, he said, why do you love me? And she said, I don't know. And he said, you love me because I love you. Now, that could sound like a very egoistic thing to say. But in, his, in this case, what he's, this is love talking. It's not a person, an individual, an ego. This is, this is love coming through that being and saying, it's because we are loved together. I know that, you don't. And so, in this field of love, 
you think you love me. You, your, your experience is that you are loving me. But the actuality is that the love is loving itself. And on one side, you think you are doing it. On the other side, there's no one doing anything. So as far as attachment growth goes both ways, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, one would think, well, that means that Maharaji was saying he got attached to us as well. You know, I thought maybe one of the ways that he worked on us was by allowing himself to become attached to us and draw us into that love. And then, of course, he could break that attachment and release himself from that attachment. But I have no idea what it means, really, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> How can one change their karma when life is beset with suffering after suffering? <sighs> well, first of all, you're using the word karma. So let's say that you do believe in the principle of karma, which is the principle of cause and effect. You plant a seed, that's what grows. So if, if that's what you believe, karma works like that, then what's here in this moment now, one would have to say is the result of seeds we ourselves have planted in our own past. Because if you believe in karma, you must also believe in or accept rebirth. Continual, re that the soul, so to speak, continually takes new forms to, to work out the karmas that it's created, that the, that the ego has created. So, if the suffering that we're experiencing now is here, it must come, it, there's no mystery about where it comes from. It must come from our own actions in the past that have created the suffering now somehow. Not that we deserve it. It's not like that. It's not like you've been bad, now suffer. No. If you put your hand in a fire, you're going to get burned. It's not that you deserve to be burnt, but due to the ignorance about what a fire is and what heat is, you put your foot in your hand in it. If you knew what it was, you wouldn't do it. And just so if we knew that our own anger and greed and selfishness and inner violence and, and judgments and all that, if we, if we understood what that was creating for us in the future we would try to let go of that stuff a lot more. So what do you do? You're burning right now. We're all burning to some degree in the results of our own actions in some previous life. This is if you believe in karma.
So the best thing to do, I mean, the only thing to do is to recognize that this is purification. This is our own stuff burning off. We're paying our debt now. And the more we fight against that and try to get away from that and push it away and the more we react, we stay more engaged with it and we, we throw more fuel on the fire. I mean, this is not easy stuff and nobody wants to suffer and nobody wants to see anyone else suffer, but it happens. So one has to recognize that one is now getting free of that karma. And inside of that suffering, you can find acceptance. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I'm not saying that it is. Because for most of us, these are just big ideas that we really don't feel in our hearts. We just say, oh, yeah, karma, rebirth, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. But it's all in here, and it hasn't gotten into our... Our hearts haven't really accepted it deeply. But what are you going to do? There's nothing we can do when, it, when a difficult situation arises. It's already happened. We can't avoid it. It's now with us. What's the best way to deal with it? Well, if it's physical pain, there are certainly meditation practices that you can do. If it's problems in life, emotional problems, there's all kinds of things, ways you can work with that. But it does help to recognize or begin to allow for the possibility that whatever's here has to be here. We don't know why, but if it's here, it's here. Now what? So, you know, they say that the great beings experience all the pain of all the beings in the universe all the time. Can you imagine? But that they are so, their hearts are so wide that it doesn't destroy them and that they, they can help us through those situations. And in fact, these great beings, they're only here to show us a way to deal with our lives in the best way and to get free of suffering. They've already won. They're already free. But out of compassion for us, they stay here, available to us, either physically or vibrationally, or we hear about their teachings. Those are all part of the blessings. So, it's all, so much of it is our own state of mind. You know, there's that beautiful Zen story about this guy who's being chased by a tiger. And he's running and running and comes to the edge of a cliff and the tiger's coming, so he jumps over the cliff and he's hanging by one root. And down below, there's more tigers, and above, there's tigers. 
and how long can he hold on to this one root? And while he's hanging there, he sees a strawberry growing on the side, on a vine. And then the next line is, how sweet it tasted. That's a story about being in the moment, regardless of what the next moment's going to bring. So, we don't want to hurt. We don't want to hurt. But we don't know how to live in a way that doesn't create more hurt for ourselves and the people around us. And that's what we're trying to do. We'll do it, Chalisa, later, and you can offer that Chalisa. If somebody's asking me if I would dedicate a Chalisa to somebody who needs it. Now, I don't know that person. You do. So when we do the Chalisa, you think of that person and offer that to him. That the connection you have with him is stronger than my connection with him. So that will, that those, hopefully that those good vibes will go to him. White frame, orange background, left corner section behind you. Is it Dugo Kensi Rinpoche? Yes. White frame, left corner section, orange background. Yeah, that's Dugo Kensi Rinpoche. Did I ever meet him? No, not physically. Dugo Kensi Rinpoche was one of the most extraordinary Tibetan lamas that ever lived. He was recognized as being one of the great, great, great lamas of the previous generation. So I had a dream. Uh, Dugo Kensi Rinpoche and I, now I'd never met him, but I've read much about him, and there's a beautiful book called Brilliant Moon, and that's also a, de- a documentary, a video. It's fantastic, it's unbelievable. Uh, Brilliant Moon, it's called. So, and then there's a, right here. Oh, no, that's a different book. There's also a life about him, a book about his life. I think that's Brilliant Moon. So, because uh, I, I, he's such a great being, I love him very much. So, uh, I had this dream, and he and I were in the back of a car together, riding to a, a, a teaching that he was going to give. And... We were like, it was like we were really friends, you know, like really close. Of course, he was Rinpoche and I was me, but there was no, it was very sweet, very loving. So then we got to the Tibetan temple where he was going to give a talk. And he got out of the car and he started to walk around to the back of the temple so he could go in the back room and, and before the talk. And another incarnation of him came around to my side and escorted me back towards the back of the temple after Rinpoche. And as we were walking, that manifestation of Dukkho Kensu Rinpoche gave me a mantra, which I can't remember. (laughs) Terrific. And so then we walked into the room 
And he was sitting, standing, and there was like a high table in front of him. And this other Duco Kenshirimbaje and I walked in the back of the room. And he, he, said, he said to them, he said, you gave him the wrong mantra. He's, a, he's, he's in this lineage. And I looked down and it was a picture of Hanuman. And then he gave me a mantra, which I don't remember. <laughs> Shit. But so I, I, I felt very close to him and that was a great, just to see him in a dream like that was a great blessing. And so, and I've always thought, I always think about him so much. So I, I wanted him there. And on that other wall, there's um, all the other, many of the other Tibetan lamas that I've studied with him. But there was just no room for everybody. <clears throat> How do we get through this crazy time we're living in without becoming overwhelmed with sadness and anxiety at the trauma everyone is going through? That's what we're doing. That's why we do these practices. These practices give us the possibility of letting go of the anxiety again and again and coming back home, letting go of the fear again and again, letting go of the, any kind of emotional turmoil that we're in. That's what these practices are for, ultimately, so we can experience the depth of love and peace within us. There's no button to push to make it go away. There's no button to push. It's a question of developing trust in yourself and confidence in yourself and doing some practice regularly. Some practice that helps you calm down, helps you let go of your stuff. Even if it just for a few minutes a day is very important. And that's, that's what you have to do in order to begin to deal with this very painful, difficult situation. And, <clears throat> and also recognize that you are not doing those practices to protect ourselves. We're not doing those practices to push things away and keep things at a distance. We're doing those practices to open ourselves so we can deal with whatever arises in the best possible way. I think that's really important to remember. We can't protect ourselves from these things, but we can find a way to actually be with them in a way that releases the suffering and the anxiety. And it takes a lot of practice, for sure. Uh, Sharon Salzberg said, love everyone and tell the truth. No, she didn't. I mean, she might have quoted that. Love everyone and tell the truth is what Maharaji told to Ramdas. And if Sharon mentioned it, it's because, of course, you know, she's been Ramdas and I and Sharon, we've known each other for 50 years. So the next question is, she said it was like a Zen koan. Yes, it is. But it's something that Maharaji said. And uh, Ramdas was very, very angry. Maharaji had been 
pushing him around, so to speak, and creating situations that brought out his anger. So one day, he had walked to the temple from the town. Everybody else took the bus, and I drove the van with everybody. And um, and he was really angry that he that he'd been left in Nanital at the and long story. But anyhow, so he walked three and a half, four hours from Nanital over the mountain to the temple. And he walks into the temple, and all the Westerners were on one side of the courtyard. Maharaja was sitting outside. And he was, Maharaja was having us fed. So we were all sitting, eating. And Ramdas walked in, and, and one of the Westerners came up to Ramdas with a plate of food and offered him the food. And Ramdas took the food and threw it right in his face, right in front of Maharaji. Maharaj said, Ramdas, come here. Ramdas goes and sits in front of Maharaji. Maharaji says, something wrong? <laughs> so Ramdas said, I, I'm angry at non... At, he's used the word adharma, which means non-spirituality. I mean, negativity and, and stuff like that. I'm angry at, everything, at the non-spirituality of these people the other Westerners. And I'm angry at them and I'm angry at the, the Adharma in me. And Maharaji looked at him. He goes like this. He looks up and down. He goes like this. He says, I don't see any Adharma. I don't see any impurity. And Ramdas, you know, he began to cry. And Maharaji said, Ramdas, love everyone and tell the truth. And, Mar- and then Ramdas said, the truth is, I don't love everyone. <laughs> Maharaji just looked at him and said, Ramdas, love everyone and tell the truth. So Ramdas was, he had been taken out to the, on the, ed- the end of the limb of the tree. And he had to surrender. In other words, there was no, Maharaji was not going to accept his, his anger as being okay. He wanted him to love everyone and tell the truth also. So in other words, it had to be true that he really did love everyone. So this was something that Ramdas worked on his whole life. It was his number one instruction from Maharaji and it he worked on that and whenever he felt that he was not loving he would try to correct that and it's something that deepened in him every time you know he was doing the best he could all those years but it was only after the stroke that he really had no choice but to surrender to the situation and give up his anger and give up his pride and give up all the reasons he had for not loving this one or that one or this one. And that was a lot of what he used to talk about, roles and souls, like I mentioned before. You may not love, you may not like the role somebody's playing, but underneath that role is a soul that's exactly the same as yours. 
And in order to really love everyone, you have to get to the soul level. It can't be something you pretend to talk yourself into mentally. You have to experience it directly. You have to touch the love that really lives within us, within all of us, as who we all truly are. And that's really big time. And Ramdas really, really uh, spent much time in that place as his life ripened towards the end. He really, it was so beautiful to be around him. And I'm one of the people that he got used to angry at all the time. So those last 20 years together was so great. And uh, we would be, you know, all that ego stuff disappeared, went away. <clears throat> so, here's one about, I can't help my son with addiction. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's really hard. I've had quite a few friends who... have left their bodies from addicting, being addicted to this or that. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's so, it's so difficult. You know, there's so many things you could try to do, try to get him help, try to get him into rehab, do a, what do they call an intervention, try to Hope that if he ever got, if he could get clean from the drugs, that then he'd want to stay clean. But you know that's really hard. So just try whatever you can. But more than that, pray. Pray to whoever that you want to pray to. Pray to the universe. Pray to anyone, anything, any. Pray to love itself to help your son because it's very hard to break addiction. And don't blame yourself in any way for the addiction. You didn't cause this. You're not responsible for, for causing this. This is, this is karmas that these beings are working out. So all we can do is whatever we can do, we can do. One of the things is to pray. And ask Maharaji for help, or ask your guru for help, or ask God for help, or ask any, whatever, whoever you pray to, ask for help. Really ask. Really, really ask for help. But if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. That doesn't, there's no guarantees. So, and at the same time that you pray your ass off that your son 
is healed. You also have to develop the inner strength to deal with whatever arises in the situation. And I know it's brutal, and I know on some level that's a lot of words. But what else can you do? Love him, love him as he is, love him as you want him to be, and pray your ass off for him. And talk to the universe and When, personally for me, when I need something to change, I do Hanuman Chalisa. Maharaji gave us this practice as a way of connecting very deeply with him and with Hanuman. He said Hanuman Chalisa can change fate, change karma. I don't know what that means even, but he said it. So... All I can tell you, that's what I do when I'm really stuck and really hurting. If I really feel, if I can get it together to really ask for help, that's what I do. Hanuman Chalisa. So, you might want to listen to that. You don't have to learn it. You can read along. You can listen and pray and, and just pray for your son. What more? I don't know what more to tell you. Get him into rehab. Do what you can. Don't enable him. That's the hardest thing. There's no easy way through this. So I wish you all the best. Let's do that Hanuman mantra. Hanuman is the reliever of suffering, the destroyer of distress, remover of calamities, ocean of grace, ocean of compassion. So when we do this mantra, let's dedicate it to anyone who's suffering. Anyone who needs help, including ourselves. Om Ham Hanumate Namaha.
Yeah. 
थे
If you feel like it, you can offer this practice, this energy that we're going to use to recite the Chalisa. You can offer that to all beings who are suffering and in need. You can offer it to people you know. You can offer it to yourself. You can generate the wish that whoever is in pain and suffering can be freed of that. Shri Guru Charan Saroja Raja Nijamanu Makaru Sudhar Baranara Gubara Vimala Jesu Chodaya Patalachar Buddhihin Tanujan Ke Sumeram Pavan Kuma Siara Pala Buddhividya Deh Mohi Arukales Beka Siavararam Chandra Padjesharanam Jayanuman Gyanar Gunasaga Jayakpi Sati Unloka Ujaga Ramadurta Tulita Baladham Anjani Putta Pavanasitanam Mahavira Vikram Pajarangi Kumatinivar Sumati Kesan Kanchanavarana Biraj Subesa Kanan Kundala Kunchita Kesa Atbajra Urdwaja Biraj Kande munja jane usade Shankar suvan kesari nandan Eja pratapa mahadagabandha Vidyavan puni ati chato Ramakaja karibe ko ato Prabhu charita sunibe ko rasiya Ramalakan sita manabasiya Shmarupa dharidhya hindakava Vikatarupa dharalanka jarava Vimarupa dharirasura sanghari Ramachandra ke kaja sanghari Laisa jivana lakana jiyaye Shri Raghubir parashi uralaye Raghupati kinhi bohut parai Mamma Priya Bharatai Samabhai Asa Badan Tumaro Jasagal Asa Kai Shri Pati Kantalagal Sanakad Kabramadi Munisa Arad Sharad Saita Ahisa Yamakuber Digpal Jahante Kabiko Bidakai Sake Kahante Ma upakara sugriva inkina Rama melaya rachapadadina Tumaramandra bevishanamana Ankeshwara bhaisabha jagajana 
Sahasra Jojan Paraban, Iliota Imadura Palajan, Prabhu Mudrika, Ilimukamahi, Chala Dilangi Gai Achara Janahi, Urgamakaja Jagatke Jete, Sugama Anubatumare Tete, Ramaduare, Marakovare. Otana agya binu pezari Sabasuklahe tumari sharan Tumara chakakahu kodaran Apanateja samaro ape Ino loka hankaten kampe Utapesashan katanahiave Mahavira japanamasunave Asse roga hare sabapir, Japatanirantaranumatabir, Sankatatanuman churave, Manakramabachan tiana jolave, Vapararamat pasviraja, Inneke kajasakalatumasaja, Or manoratatokoelave. Sove amitta jirana palapawe Charun yuga paratapatumara Eparasid jagata ujjayara Sadhu santake marakovari Suranekandana ramadulari Ashtasiddhino nitikedata Asobaradina janakimata Amara sayana tumare pasa Sadaro ho ragupati kedasa Mare bhajana rama kopave Anama janama keduka pisarave Takala ragubara pura jai Jahan janama hari bhakta kahai Or devata chitanadarei Matasei Saravasukha Kare Sankata Kate Mete Sabapir Josumere Hanumata Balabir Jeje Hanuman Gosai Kapakaro Guru Deva Kinai Josatabar Patakarako Kutahi Bandi Mahasukhoi Oya pare hanuman chalesa, Oya siddhi sakhi gaurisa, Tulasidasa sada harichera, Ki jenata hurdaya mahandera, Bhavanatanaya sankataharana, Mangalamurati rupsiyara, Ramalakana sita sahita, Urdeva so surabu pasiya vararam chanda padaje sharana Mangalamurti martananda Sakala amangalamura nekanda Mangalamurti martananda Sakala amangalamura nekanda Shri Ram Jeram Jeram Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram.
राम जय राम जय जय राम राम जय राम जय जय राम जय पवरंग बलि नुमान संकट मोचन कृपा निधान जय बजरंग बलि हनुमान संकट मोचन कृपा निधान राम जय राम जय जय राम श्री राम जय राम जय जय राम श्री राम जय राम जय जय राम श्री राम जय राम जय जय राम भगवाते अंजनी नंदनाय ओम नमो भगवाते पवमान नंदनाय ओम नमो भगवाते अंजनी नंदनाय ओम नमो भगवाते पवमान If we know anything about a path at all, if we know anything about the possibility that there's a way to live in this world with less greed, with less fear, with less anger, with less shame, with less, with less selfishness, 
we know anything about that. It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love and out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us be safe, that all of us be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Be well, be happy, take care of yourselves, be safe. As we say in India, vaya con Dios. Namaste. <laughs>